Next on BYU Sports Nation, clearly it's bowl game or bust for BYU football, right? Another national publication projects bust. Who said it and why? Without an NBA Combine invite, how much more likely is Yoli Childs to return to BYU and the Cougars line up a two-game series with San Diego State? Impact returners for BYU football and basketball this week, both coming off two-year missionary service. Welcome, elders. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Brigham. Wednesday, May 2nd, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with and one mixtape editor, Jerem Jordan, on the BYU side, of course. Yeah, you know, this was more popular about 10 years ago. Uh, I haven't really made money since then on this particular one. Ray for Alston was kind of my biggest client, but uh, no, that's not true. The professor! Yeah, and the professor. Who would be the guy that voiced over things for BYU's And One Mixtape Tour? Lloyd Newell. (laughs) From the streets of Provo. I can't help myself, by the way, in church when I hear hymns that I feel like would be at the beginning of music in the spoken word. And instead of singing, I say, from the conference center at Temple, I just like say it out loud. I just can't help myself. I'm really sorry. May 1st, by the way, yesterday, you weren't here, and I really missed you here because I wanted you to, I know you love Justin Timberlake, and it's going to be May. It's going to be May. Yeah, I missed that. So there it is. Thank you. (laughs) And it is May. NSYNC's number one fan right here. Seriously. Right here in the flesh. Seriously, it's you, man. I never saw NSYNC. I did see Backstreet Boys back in the day, though. That, to this day, is still one of the three best concerts I've ever been to. In sync. In terms of just entertainment value because of Justin Timberlake, beatboxing and all that stuff, like in the year 2000. Now they they shed the fat, and now it's just JT. At Rice Eccles Stadium, (laughs) that was... The year 2000. Very entertaining. Yes. Yes. Also, in sync in the Hollywood Walk of Fame on April 30th. The day before, it's gonna be May. What took so long? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> What's taking so long for us to get to trending is the other question. All rise and shout. <laughs> it's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Here we go again. BYU football projected by a national columnist, Bill Connolly. Do not go bowling. That's right. Mr. Connolly from SB Nation projecting BYU to win 5.4 games in 2018. Uh, 5.4. Joining the likes of... 5.4 is going to get BYU. ESPN's Football Power Index. Jeremy, is this too high, too low, or just right? It's not porridge. So uh, I go too low. I have BYU winning 6.6. I don't know how they're going to win that .6 game. No, I, th- I think BYU's making a bowl game this year. I really do. I understand why the national projections, and this isn't Bill Connolly's opinion. This is him crunching the numbers. Okay, let's be clear on that. This is an ESPN Power Football Index. That's a numbers crunch. The metrics, the analytics. I see BYU winning six games. Last year, BYU was going to win six games, but they lost to ECU and UMass. Otherwise, they're a bowl team and the convo's different. But they didn't. The offense was pathetic. 
Ty Detmer was fired, but and it's new. So I get why there are people who say, okay, five wins. But I'm, I'm thinking BYU wins at least six. In fact, BYU could get up to seven. We'll see. Why do we have to be so reactionary as a society? We fall into this trap all of the time. Well, what have you done for me lately? BYU went to 12 straight bowl games. They went four and nine last year. It was historically bad. They are on high alert to help anything and everything. They're not going to win less than six games. BYU is going to a bowl game. I don't know that we're ever going to think that BYU is going to win less than six. Even after a historically bad year. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's our employer again? Yes. Like, we think that BYU is going to win at least six. Is it even hard to win six games? This is not 2002 or 3 or 04 or the Gary Croton era for that matter. We hope not. BYU is going to a bowl game. Period. Which the bowl end. game? We don't know. It's so reactionary. Although I will say this about Bill. He does agree with me on at least one thing, and that being that Washington will be BYU's toughest game. We're going to get into the details of his BYU yeah. football. Game-by-game game breakdown, baby. Breakdown coming up uh, in about 25 minutes. I'm going to have a breakdown thinking about it. Yesterday, CBS Sports College Basketball Insider John Rothstein joined the program. He gave us some news about Yoli Childs and the NBA Combine. He has not been invited to the NBA Draft Combine, you know, coming up in Chicago, which obviously changes things a little bit. I mean, to me, that is, you know, an alert that you're not in a situation where you're going to, you know, be selected in the NBA Draft. Spencer, does this mean Yoli Childs will be back at BYU this season? Yes, 99% sure he will be back. Nice. With this caveat, if Yoli Childs is presented presented with some scenario where some pro scout or trainer is like, look, I am going to get you better, faster than anybody else if you come with me and decide to train and get better here with me. Wait, and not play professionally somewhere? Just train and not make money? Well, play professionally somewhere. Oh, in yeah, Europe? Yeah, wherever. In the G Whether League? Whether it's the where G League. Make, well, you're making like 35 Gs in the G League. For That's Yoli, nothing. it's always been about getting better. Is he going to progress at BYU? It's not about getting better. Is Everybody's he going to progress as quickly as he wants to at BYU? This is where we get into the whole Eric Mika situation. If the answer is no, something needs to change at BYU then. Because that would be two and then maybe even three guys that are like, you know what, I'm, I'm leaving early and I'm not going to the NBA. It's like, wait, what? Juxtapose that with the Gonzaga guys who could go to the NBA and Killian Tilly and Rui Hachimura, and they're going back. And they it's like, feel like they wait can a minute. get better staying why, at Gonzaga. Why are the would-be at least second-round draft picks staying, but the BYU guys are not, and they're leaving? Like, that would be an issue to me. I understand the personal interest of an individual. I'm talking systematically, generally, with a program and generally its players, not case-by-case basis. I want Yoli Childs to come back. I think he's coming back. If, he's not, if you're not in drafted to the NBA Combine or, and you're not from Europe and kind of unseen, untested, potential. Ziggy Ansah benefited from that idea just a couple years of film, right? then you probably aren't getting drafted, and it's not going to benefit you. So I hope that Yoli Childs figure out what's best for him. I would love for that to be in a BYU uniform. Knowing what I know about Yoli Childs, who is ultra-competitive, he wants, and he's very calculated. He wants a plan in place. 
to help himself get better. And Talk he, to wants, Rose and say, I need he this. wants BYU to get back to the NCAA tournament. This is what Yoli wants. He's not alone. In fact, he's joined unanimously. And I think that BYU is showing him enough that they are moving in that direction. Well, that's good. If he wants something, ask. That's what I tell my four-year-old every day. And he probably did. I think he's back 99%. BYU basketball continues to load up their non-conference schedule. I'm sure much to the liking of Yoli Childs and several of his teammates, certainly their head coach, Dave Rose. Solid opponents coming on to that schedule. The most recent and old rival from the Mountain West Conference, San Diego State. Two-game series, one in San Diego, one in Provo. Jerem, do you like renewing the rivalry with San Diego State? Oh, I love it, dude. This was, this was the game I actually enjoyed the most near the end of the Mountain West days. It wasn't Utah. It wasn't New Mexico who had BYU's number. It wasn't even UNLV. It was San Diego State, dude. There were some epic showdowns in Viejas Arena with the show in Vegas, in Provo. One of the greatest games, if not the greatest game ever played in the Marriott Center was against San Diego State in 2011. Jimmer Fredette scores 43. Kevin Durant declares him on Twitter the greatest score in the world. Top 10 matchup. I am stoked about this one. Also, it helps that San Diego State is good. They won the Mountain West tourney last year. They actually played Houston in the tourney and lost a close one. Those are two teams BYU's playing. I love it. December 22nd at San Diego State. Cannot wait. What's not to like about this game? Seriously. The Mormon missionary dudes on the road. <laughs> That's part of the beauty of college basketball and fan bases and the show at San Diego the show. State. I don't think it's as strong since BYU left. It isn't because they're not in the same conference. But this isn't about going back to renewing old conference rivalries. This is about BYU putting together a resume to get back into the buddy. NCAA tournament yeah. as an at-large. It's an old buddy. I'm sure it's Steve Fisher and Dave are, are very friendly. Obviously, Steve Fisher coached the Jimmers All-Stars in here. They had some epic battles, man. And uh, Steve Fisher's not there. It's somebody else. Sorry. Um, but there's a connection with San Diego State. And this is a no-brainer. UNLV. Like, BYU has three Mountain West teams on the schedule for next year. We should not be surprised about this type of game at all. This is exactly what... I thought was going to happen. BYU will get some good games. The majority of them will be on the road right now. It's a quad one game. To beef up the resume. As of now, if San Diego State's top It should be shocking to nobody because of what we know and what Dave Rose has said to us. This is exactly in line with what I thought it would be, and I like that it's against San Diego State. More on that right now. We've discussed the BYU basketball non-conference schedule a lot with nine games reported or announced. Is this schedule improved enough to help BYU get into the NCAA tournament? Yes, right now this is an at-large NCAA tournament-type schedule. If you throw in the fact that BYU is going to play in a multi-team event or MTE, which typically yields a quad one game and a quad two game to go along with the likes of Houston, Utah, San Diego State, Mississippi State, UNLV, Illinois State. Who knows what Utah Valley is going to bring to the table? That might be a quad two game was, for all we know. Well, at home it won't be, but it won't be a top 30 game or top seven, 60, 75. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see. I, I like it. I, I'm with you. I think that on Selection Sunday, BYU is going to have a good enough resume. Now the question the question is, can BYU get enough wins in this? You need to win like about a third of these games, okay? So if BYU went, got a couple quad one wins, a couple quad two in non-con we're talking. And then you, you need to do some work in conference. Now the, now the thing that's different this year that we're not talking about 
St. Mary's, I don't think, is going to be a quad one for BYU. Hopefully on the road, top 75 team. They're not going to be the same as last year. They're, they there can't, are they other can't be opportunities as good. for BYU because of the way they're scheduling. Yes, and keep it going. Keep going uh, along this direction. And here's what CBS Sports College Basketball Insider John Rothstein had to say yesterday about the schedule. Look at is you're giving yourself an opportunity to be in position for the NCAA tournament. If BYU wins the game at Mississippi State, they are in a situation where they are going to say, we beat an NCAA tournament team, potentially a top 20 or top 15 team, on the road. And six of these nine are on the road, right? Three quad ones currently scheduled. Obviously, RPI is going to change next year when these teams play. Uh, Two quad twos. This is non-con. Last year, BYU had one quad one, two quad twos in non-con. So it's already better from that perspective. We'll see how these teams hold up. If BYU beats Houston and Utah neutral, even if they lose to Mississippi State and don't do what John Rothstein just presented, they will already be on a better path than they were last year. Yeah, Going they, into conference play. they got to be a lot better, right? Because BYU wasn't sniffing the tournament. They're giving themselves I think opportunities to do that. Like the, the big if, games. If Yoli Childs returns. If Yoli Childs doesn't return, I don't see the NCAA tournament in the cards for BYU. If you lose a big game, it's not as big of a deal because you've got seven other big games instead of, right. man, we've only got three big games on the schedule. We can't afford to lose all of them. Take care of business at home. Win some on the road. Helping BYU basketball compete against this higher-level schedule will be Gavin Baxter, who is back from his mission this week. As is Jaron Hall, another quarterback for BYU football. A couple of big-name guys that we've had on the radar for a while, and now they can get to work. Which of these return missionaries, Gavin Baxter or Jaron Hall, will have a greater impact on BYU sports in, let's say, the next four years? If Jaron Hall is a starting quarterback or a starting position player elsewhere. It could be Jaron Hall. It would take that to compete with Gavin Baxter. Otherwise, it's Gavin Baxter. Hot take, Gavin Baxter will start at some point for BYU this season. 6'9", long, great in transition, can dunk, defend, block. Here's a picture from yesterday with one Yoli Childs. Oh, hey, Yoli. He said, Cougar Nation, I hope you guys are ready for the best athlete BYU has ever seen. Eyes wide open emoji. And with arms wide open, we embrace him back from his mission trip. I think Gavin Baxter is an impact player. He's not going to light it up from distance and be a dynamic shooter per se, although he has that in his repertoire. Gavin Baxter is going to make an immediate impact, in my opinion, on this team. Did As a Gavin freshman, Baxter grow on his mission? Did he get he looks taller? taller? He they looks stood, a little bit taller. Yoli Childs and Gavin Baxter stood next to each other. Baxter's taller by at least an inch and longer. They come from the and same... And Yoli's not a, a short... They come from the same AAU program, and these guys know each other. And Gavin, he, he looks taller than he was when he left on his mission. But his length is crazy. Like when Yoli Childs, who is right now the most athletic guy on the BYU basketball team, says, Agreed. Uh, this is the most athletic player that's ever going to have been at BYU to this point. That's quite the compliment. Now, right? Gavin, ba- yes, and Gavin Baxter is going to make an impact right away. Jaron Hall, I hope redshirts because I think the future's bright for him. He just got home. It's May second. Like, I don't want Jaron Hall 
to have to play this year. There are a bunch of quarterbacks in that room that are kind of ready physically. Jaron Hall, speaking of athleticism, is a tremendous athlete. Like, this is a dual-threat guy that can really, really mix it up. K.J. Hall, running back, his older brother, uh, obviously son of Kalen Hall. Don't underestimate the impact Jaron Hall could have in the future for BYU quarterback in a couple of years. Guess I'm stoked what? about both those guys. If Jaron Hall was the starting quarterback coming off of a mission, BYU could still go to a bowl game, okay? I think so. Come on. BYU threw Come in a on. dude that got home around this same time two seasons ago, three, and it worked out. It would have been seven and five minus two Hail Mary catches. Is Bill Connolly? But that's a that's a bowl game season. Is Bill Connolly's projection of five point four wins for BYU in twenty eighteen too high, too low, or just right? At Jake R. Camp says, I'm gonna say just right. A lot of the same players returning from last year with a new offensive coaching staff, a new system to learn, as well as <laughs> insert Jerem Jordan scheduling rant here. The schedule's really tough, but I do... It's I, not tough enough to not win six games, right? I do think that BYU can win six and get to a bowl game. From Facebook friend Elizabeth Larson Brown, let's hope it's not just right. Praying hands emoji. <laughs> I'm putting on my blue goggles and saying eight wins. Okay, eight, eight, okay, eight, eight. is blue goggles. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Eight is blue goggles. Blue goggle alert. Yes. Blue goggle yes. alert. Blue goggle Coming up, Blue we go game alert. by game through SB Nation's Bill Connolly. Season projections for BYU football. How many games is BYU a 20-point underdog? Huh? What? 5.4 wins? Get out of here. <laughs> also, so much hoops talk that we decided to bring in the coach, Steve Cleveland. What does he think about San Diego State and the latest addition to BYU's schedule? Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This Saturday, May 5th, we'll be at the BYU Fan Fest in Mesa, Arizona, Pioneer Park from 2 to 4 Eastern time. Watch it on the telly or come hang out with us if you're in Arizona this Saturday on Cinco de Mayo. 100 degrees. Oh, it's going to be awesome. This was one of the bigger Fan Fests last year, Um, so I'm super stoked to be at that one. We went to Vegas and Corona. Now we're going to get out to Mesa. I'm excited. Over 5,000 the last time BYU had a fan fest in Arizona. Great. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation always rolling on several venues of social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN when you would like to converse with us. Our question of the day is this. Is Bill Connolly's projection of 5.4 wins for BYU football in 2018 too high, too low, or just right? At Kiwi Jackman tweets in, too low, definitely too low. Come on now. The Cougs had a hiccup last year. Unless you're polling in 2002-04, it just doesn't happen at the Y that you have multiple losing seasons. Hashtag thanks, Lavelle. Seriously. Side note, uh, Utah State's going to play at Alabama in 2022. According to Brett McMurphy. Cha-ching! 1.9 mil, apparently. Cha-ching! It's a lot of cheese curds! If you're going to play Alabama and get throttled in Tuscaloosa, you might as well go home with $2 million. In 1998, yeah. BYU played at Alabama and lost by a touch. Uh, Sean Alexander had five rushing touchdowns. You want to talk about uh, toughening up the schedule, Jerem? At Alabama, on the road. You remember a few years ago, we're like... Hey, would you... We want Bama! Alabama? I was like, no! I was like the only one. (laughs) 
Join us on social media, hashtag BYUSN. Joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline right now is former head basketball coach at BYU, Steve Cleveland, good friend of the program. Coach, great to have you back with us. Hi, Steve. Uh, A lot happening in the basketball world, so uh, shall we get to it, my friend? It sounds good. Great to be with you guys. John Rothstein of CBS Sports told us yesterday Yoli Childs did not receive an invite to the NBA Combine. Do you think he's returning to BYU with that revelation? Uh, I, I do. I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I don't know what, I, haven't, I didn't talk to Yoli, but I think anytime you test the waters, you get an opportunity to get an assessment and to see where you're at. He's had workouts. He'll have additional workouts. I think Yoli gets better through this process. You know, he, he has the opportunity to have people tell him those things that he needs to do to play at the next level. And what happens and through that process, he gets better at the level that he's at. And so, Getting that assessment, developing his perimeter skills. I mean, he's an undersized five man in college, and, and so he scores around the basket. And, and obviously, this year he got better. He's able to step out and knock some threes down late in the year. But there's still some development for him to play at that next level, or even even in Europe. I mean, there are places in Europe that he could play right now. But I think in terms of him improving and having an opportunity to get better, this year will be a big year for him. And I think he'll have an opportunity to really develop some of those perimeter skills. Steve, uh, back-to-back years now, Eric Mika and now Elijah Bryant, uh, the leading score for BYU is leaving early. NBA draft, probably not in the cards for Elijah Bryant, right? Not an invite to the combine either. What do you think of this new era of kind of guys leaving that aren't necessarily going to the NBA, likely going to Europe to play? Well, you know, it's, it, it's been a paradigm shift here, <laughs> you know, in, in terms of college basketball. And I think there are there's so many more opportunities to play, not just in the NBA. I look at this as being good for the program. And you say, well, you know, maybe the fans aren't thinking that. But at the end of the day, these kinds of things help recruiting, where most coaches, when they go into a home, they talk about not only their experience at the school and at their education and all the things that come with the collegiate experience, but they talk about helping them get to the next level. And, and that's a big part of re- recruiting. And, you know, when you, when you look at, you know, for instance, Elijah Bryant, he's married, he's graduated, had a great experience in BYU. He actually gets a chance to actually get paid and uh, with a game that he loves to play. So that doesn't, for me, uh, that doesn't seem strange. That, that's kind of a natural evolution that happens. You know, now had he not had been injured and not transferred and, and, and was younger, I would say that probably he stayed or if he wasn't married. But all of those circumstances together, it actually makes sense to me that he would leave. You know, with, with Eric, you know, he wanted to test the waters, and obviously he found out that he wasn't ready for the NBA. But that being said, again, married young man playing, you know, in Italy and, and, and making a lot more money than he got on his scholarship check from BYU. Coach, you as well as anybody know the difficulties and challenges of recruiting at a place like BYU. With what has happened with Eric Mika and Elijah Bryant in the back of Dave Rose's mind, how does he now approach what he wants to do at BYU, getting players to come here, getting back to the NCAA tournament, but having to juggle a different era? Well, and, you're, and you are, it is a different era. And forever, BYU has had such a unique dynamic there with freshmen, with missionaries coming and going, sometimes coming home early, sometimes not going at all. And you're kind of dealing with all those layers of, you know, you're kind of reconciling, you're always reconciling short-term needs with long-term goals. And, it, and, and that you've seen those recruiting pages. I mean, they go for eight, ten years. It's not easy. It's not easy. But I think that you know that when you get involved with a young man that's a member of the church, 
that there's a great opportunity to have them come. But what's happening now is is the decision sometimes to not go at the last minute or decisions to come home for a variety of reasons, whether someone's hurt or just maybe there were some emotional issues, or a young man that says he's going to go and all of a sudden at the last minute doesn't. Those are tough things for coaches that they have to deal with. But, you know, that everyone that's ever coached here has done it, but it's a little bit different now in, in that, the, that these young men have so many more opportunities, not just the NBA. There are a lot of places you can go in the world and make $150,000 to $250,000, $300,000 a year for playing an even shorter schedule and be able to come back home and live in America six months of the year. So there, there are opportunities financially that just didn't exist before. Yesterday, BYU announced a two-game series uh, with San Diego State, first a road game in December and then a uh, home game next year. What do you think of this two-game series with the Aztecs? I love it. I, lo- I love any games with the Mountain West Conference. I, I think both Dave and I, when we spent 14, he spent collectively, I think, about 14 years in that league, and I spent six years in that league, two in the, in the WAC, and you know what, BYU had a lot of success in that league. And, I mean, Dave's had amazing success. And when we were together, we won three championships and went to the tournament three times. I think it's a league that everybody in this community connects to. I, I realize there are all sorts of arguments out there, but for basketball, I love the Mountain West. I love what it provides. Uh, every arena is, is full and there's energy and uh, great places to travel to, some not so great. But there's fan bases there. There's a fan base every time you go to play. That uh, and, and San Diego State, Coach Fisher built that program up from ground. Uh, now Brian Dutcher has an opportunity to do it. So between San Diego State, uh, I see where they're going to probably play UNLV as well, maybe in a neutral site game. Marvin Minzy's there, a, a longtime coach in the WAC. Uh, those kinds of games on the schedule I love. I, I think it enhances the, the schedule, and I think the guys are excited about going to those places. Coach Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation, former head man at BYU, current college basketball analyst. Let's throw in San Diego State to the likes of a home game against Houston, neutral against Utah, and neutral against UNLV. BYU is going to go on the road and play at Mississippi State, at Illinois State. They are certainly ramping things up. Coach, at what point does it become too tough if you throw in a multi-team event? You know, uh... I don't think it can be too tough. Not, not when we're seeing what's happening to teams that are winning 25, 26, 27, 28 games and not getting into the NC2A tournament, and especially when they're in a conference that is usually in the 13th or 14th rank. Uh, and, and, and this year, I think, you know, I think St. Mary's that will be down a little bit. You know, they're, they're not, they're not going to be a, a Q1 game as they might have been playing in conference play. So uh, I you know, you obviously don't want to get things totally out of balance. But this, if, if the NC2A tournament, and it is, I know it's a, the highest priority for Coach Rose and for, for the BYU administration, for all the fan base, this is, this is you got to do this. And, and those in-conference games, you know, I mean, playing Utah on a neutral site, that's good. But Utah obviously is a tough out. Uh, playing Weber State at Weber State's never going to be easy. Uh, Utah State's had a coaching change. At Utah Valley, they lost some pretty significant seniors. But all of those games were very emotional, very competitive. And then you throw in, I mean, that Mississippi State game, several, two or three of their players, uh, you know, basically tested the waters. They've all come back. That's, that's a top 20 team. And, uh, that, you know, a win on the road there would be huge. Uh, but certainly playing well there, even if you didn't win, and being competitive early in the year would, would bring notice to BYU and get them on that NC2A page and 
uh, the rest of the schedule certainly is is solid, and um, I like the schedule. Um, and I think that uh, when when you consider that the WCC recently has not been great, I, I actually think this year the WCC from from the bottom up, that bottom half of that league is going to take a step up. A lot of teams with freshmen and sophomores. I think the league will be far more competitive in the middle of the league than it has been in the past. That's the hope. And let's finish with this. What do you think of the hiring of Lee Kamard as the new assistant coach at BYU? I could not be happier. Uh, I love Lee as a person, as a player. I spent three years recruiting him uh, and getting to know his family. He is a competitor. He'll be great with the young man. He, he'll, he's not only just working them out, but he understands what it is to play championship basketball. He, he, he'll be a great transition defensively to come in and help in that way as Heath left. And, and I, think, I, think we're gonna, I think we're gonna see a little more pace. I think just having conversations with Lee and knowing Lee and knowing Coach Rose, uh, the pace of play offensively may speed up a little bit. Um, but I think with, with always with keeping the integrity of good shot selection and time and score. But uh, I think Lee's gonna be a great addition. I love him, and I hope that he has all the success that he could possibly have. He's got a great family as well. Just maybe he's the bad cop for this BYU basketball coaching staff, right? Yeah, no, he can, he can do that. He, he, can, he can do what he needs to do. He's a really competitive young man, and uh, he's not afraid to share his opinion. And Coach Rose, that, that's one of the things that, as a head coach, you want to know what your, your assistants think. But I think Lee's got a good enough relationship with him because he spends so much time with those young men off, you know, off the court and working them out, that he can get into them. And, and that's kind of one of the things that Heath was able to do throughout his coaching career. You develop relationships through working guys out and spending extra time with them. When everybody's gone home, you as an assistant coach are still there with that young man. That, that doesn't go unnoticed. That, that's something that connects you with the team. And then when things don't go well and you get into a kid, he accepts it and respects it because he knows how committed you are. Coach, great to talk to you as always. Uh, we wish you uh, a fantastic summer. Lots of golf. Thanks. I'm sure we'll be talking <laughs> along the way as uh, the BYU basketball schedule becomes more and more solid. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Steve. Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Yeah, you forget Steve Cleveland actually was the one that recruited Lee. And then he play, Lee played for Dave Rose. Thank you. Steve Thanks, Cleveland, Steve Cleveland. For bringing and, uh, Lee Kabar. Dave Rose was a recruiter as well. As into BYU coach. basketball. Hey, coming up, the West Coast Conference softball player of the year, Caitlin Aldridge, under two grand slams in the last three games. That's pretty good. Yeah. This, not so much. Soak it in. BYU is a 27-point underdog in football. Against who? And who said it? Stay with us. The Badcats start a series at St. Mary's tomorrow on the radio. You can listen to it Thursday night at 6 Eastern on BYU Radio. BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. We are hanging out live in Radio Vision on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere, and always reachable on social media, hashtag BYUSN. Time now to present some of today's top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU Basketball and San Diego State announce a home and road series for 2018 and 2019. The first game goes down at San Diego State on December 22nd of this year. 
The Aztecs will make the return trip to the Marriott Center on November 9th of 2019. That's, That's probably the season, the season opener. opener. Yeah. 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 BYU's non-conference schedule next season now includes games against SDSU, Houston, Mississippi State, Utah, UNLV, and Illinois State. And others. There's a few more in there, too. The Baltimore Ravens claimed kind of cool off waivers after the Browns waived him Monday. That was quick. We told you it'd be quick yesterday. Uh-huh. Nakua played in all 16 games last season, and he joins Bronson, Kafusi, and Robertson Daniel as former Cougars on the Baltimore Ravens. Dennis Pitta, a part-time radio broadcaster for the Did Ravens Did we really have to mention well. him here? Yeah, we do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> BYU Dennis. softball beat Utah Valley 11-3 to last night. The Cougars have now won five straight, outscoring their opponents in those five games 55-8. to all-America candidate Libby Sugg went 3-for-3 three three from the plate in last night's game, including this first-inning home run. 3-1, and one, hitters count, 2 on. Sugg! Take a good look, you won't see it for long. That ball is absolutely crushed. Look, that was a cookie right there, right down the middle of the plate. The power alley of Libby Sugg, and she hit it up in the light. She probably won't even be able to see this thing land. Gary Shidey loves nice. him some cookies. Cookies! Libby Sugg now 6 for 6 this season against Utah Valley in two games. Two home runs. It's pretty good. Three doubles. Roughly perfect. Eight RBIs. She ranks number five in the entire country in RBIs. 59 total. Nice. Pretty good. The reigning WCC player of the year, Caitlin Aldridge, will join us in studio coming up. And BYU Baseball lost to Cal in the bottom of the ninth last night. one nothing loss. Cougars had six hits and an error. The Cougars, as mentioned, start a series with St. Mary's tomorrow. Our question of the day is this. Is Bill Connolly's projection of 5.4 wins total for BYU football in 2018 too high, too low, or just right? Is anyone like, way too high? It's three. Like, no, 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 no. Let's break it down <laughs> on a game-by-game basis. All right, here we go. Here including we go. win probabilities okay. and That's percentage. projected margins okay. for the games. All right, let's go. BYU at Arizona September 1st, 26% win probability. 20, too low. Come on. An 11.3 underdog. 11-point underdog? That's, that's too much. What was Arizona last year, 7-5? Come on. But they've got Khalil Tate. Blah, 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 blah. S&P ranked 33. Ooh, okay, maybe that's a tougher game than we think. All I right. actually think that 10 points is a fair line for that game. Okay, 10's a lot. Okay, Cal, September 8th, at home. The projected margin, zero, 50%. So this is a wash. This is like a pick em with I'm Cal okay, at home. I'm okay with that. I think that's fair. I'm okay with I that. I think that's fair. Cal's projected to be decent. JK, 65 in S&P. At Wisconsin, game number three. 11% win probability. <laughs> BYU is a 21-point underdog. <sighs> Unfortunately, that's probably somewhat accurate on paper going into the game. On paper, whatever. Okay, and I take issue with the next one, Jerem. Okay, McNeese State, 21-point uh, fave. Okay. Overdog. Okay. 89% win probability. Really? 89. Okay, so let, 98. Let me get this straight. BYU has the same chance to beat Wisconsin that McNeese State has to beat BYU? That's pathetic. Come on. Come on. Yeah, I'm not cool with that one. Game number five at Washington. And this is where I actually agree with Bill Connolly. He's been on the program. That this is the toughest game for the Cougars. 6% win probability. Gulp. BYU is a 27.5 point <laughs> underdog. BYU and FCS team? Look at S&P rank. Four. 
He thinks Washington is legit. Dude. A lot, he's not alone. A lot of people right. are really no, high on the Huskies. I think they're going to be good, too. Including I, me. I just think Wisconsin's home field is better than Washington's. Okay. Utah State, October 5th. BYU by two and a half. Stop 56% chance. Stop it. I don't agree with those. Stop it. But I'm two and a half points. Super biased. I work for BYU TV. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is the Utah State won by 16 last year. Like, I see where they're coming from. 56% win probability in Provo. <laughs> That's got to be over 60 at least. Okay. So now, but, uh, all right. So if it was 61, 5% difference. That's not much. Next game at Hawaii. Oh, sorry. Hawaii in Provo. It don't matter. BYU, 15.6 projected win margin, 82% win probability. Agreed. Fair. Northern Illinois at home, 1.4 point fave, 53%. Okay, yes. That's probably fair. Northern Illinois is a quality team. I don't think Utah State is as good as Northern Illinois. And and those are similar lines. November. At Boise State, BYU essentially a 14-point underdog, 22% win probability. The way BYU's played up there, granted, three of the four losses up there recently by one. Okay. At UMass, 4.1 fave. Okay. 59%. Okay. Huh? UMass! This is a guaranteed win. Get out. Get off my lawn. See, I'm 59% win probability in November Eastern time zone. I think that's fair. I think (sighs) that's fair. Nah, this is a guaranteed win. Mark it down. Guaranteed. (laughs) Guaranteed on the road in November two time zones. Bring it, Miniman. You ain't ready. New Mexico State at home. Now that's a guaranteed win. Yes. Connolly projects 70% win probability for BYU against a bowl team with uh, a 9.1 projected margin of victory. Who did they, beat, margin for, who'd they victory. beat for the bowl win? Utah State, that's right. Correct. Yet Utah okay. State I is, just wanted to say that. Yet BYU only has a 56% chance of beating Utah State in Provo. Last but not least, at, at Utah, 13-point underdog, 23%. Uh. The, the rivalry game, I, I think 13 is too high. It's always close. I would go. D- it's I, always close. Double digit at this point. Coming off of that season, I get it. BYU's got to, they've got to show people otherwise, right? Is Bill Connolly's projection of 5.4 wins for BYU football in 2018 too high, too low, or just right? Coming up, a loaded whip, including Cougars in New Zealand and Sweden and Lithuania winning championships and awards. And she's hit three home runs over her last three games, including two grand slams. And she did so without the BYU Sports Nation karma. So what can she do with it? Caitlin Aldridge, reigning WCC Player of the Year, joins us at Studio B next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday, Spencer and company are looking forward to the carne asada in Mesa at Pioneer Park as we'll be at the Fan Fest, 2 to 4 Eastern, on Cinco de Mayo, in 100-degree weather, baby. We will be there. I love that you tabled it as Spencer and Company. Yeah. Well, I'm going to love it, too. My, my mom's <laughs> from Mexico, dude. I love Mexican food. Hey, I just call it food. Bienvenidos to Studio <laughs> B. Hola. <laughs> this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYUS and rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Do we have two sombreros in our office? The answer is no. Because they're on their way to Mesa. Oh, I was going to say, wait, we don't? They're on their way, they're baby. They're on the way. They're on their way. They're on the way. Our social media question of the day. Is Bill Connolly's projection of 5.4 wins for BYU football in 2018 too high, too low, or just right? At Laser Sheep, what have you done for me lately is the current situation. And it's fair. It's one year. One year. 
Like, if it's a trend, okay. It's one year. I wish year. I really knew how you felt about this. Until BYU proves otherwise, because of one year, this is how they will be portrayed. Apply this logic to school or work. Would you expect an underperforming student to be much better? Not without proof. No, but if that student has been great for 12 years, and then they have one bad year, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. All I heard was doubt. <laughs> Hashtag BYUSN. All right. Energy is high. It is good in Studio B, and we're about to make it better. Senior third baseman for BYU softball, Caitlin Aldridge, is back with us in Studio B. This is appearance number three for you. Number three. Welcome back. Third base, number three. It's a good thing. Yes. (laughs) The nice tie-in. We just learned something about you. You're a journalism major. Yes, I am. Why did you pick this terrible major? (laughs) I don't know. It sounded fun, and I've kind of always wanted to be a sports journalist, so we'll see where it goes. Well, if you need some advice, we know a couple of pros. Uh, We can talk to Dave and Blaine for you, and they could uh, give you some advice. Now, do you want to be more of a writer, or are you more looking into the on-air type of thing? Um, In my major, I'm doing more writing, but I am very open to broadcast, too, so... Either or. I'll go either route. You have to write in both, so So, that's going to be a value thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, seriously, if you need any advice, we can talk to Dave and Blaine. Just I like it. Know. Oh, my goodness. I'm just kidding. Okay, five-game win streak for the softball team. Mm-hmm. You've scored 55 runs during that. What changed after the loss to Utah State? Um, I'm not sure. I think we've known this hitting's been there all along, and it just finally cracked open, and it's fun to run with, so we just keep going. <laughs> did you feel any pressure to kind of help the team in that regard? Because if you did, it seemed like it manifested itself well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, as a veteran, you kind of always feel pressure just because it's more expected of you at this point. And so, but it doesn't like scare me. I don't know. I don't think about it much during the game. So, well, you've had to work through some things this year coming off. It was an amazing West Coast Conference player of the year campaign as a junior. And you too have turned it on over this five game streak, including two grand slams and back to back games. Nice. (laughs) Like that's, uh, I believe you've not done that yet in your BYU career. So that's something new. Uh, what's changed for you and your approach at the plate? Yeah, you know, I kind of got that mentality of I got like three more weeks left. So who cares if my swing looks pretty? Who cares what people think? Just attack the ball. And that's kind of what I've done. And it's really working. <laughs> 11 so, RBIs in the last three games. I, yep. would, uh, I would agree with that. When, when you hit a home run, specifically a grand slam, Mm-hmm. Is it a case-by-case basis of when you know or that it's a homer, or do you know off the bat most of the time? Um, <laughs> off the bat, usually, yeah. but I don't know. Sometimes it's fun to hit it and just kind of pimp it. Drop, <laughs> drop the bat and walk. <laughs> yes. The gymnastics team says hits and sticks. Yes. <laughs> Hit it and pimp it. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So are there are there times where like do you ever have you ever bat flipped? Like in Major League Baseball, that's like no 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 yeah. don't do it. Have you ever bat flipped? I haven't like tossed it like real hard, but I've stared it down, dropped the bat a couple times. Nice. <laughs> have you ever thrown it into the opposing fence of the dugout? No. That would be awesome. It's super unsportsmanlike. That might be blatant. Yeah, that's like, that's uh, like probably it, stepping over the line. Like next Saturday. When you hit the walk-off game-winning homer against LMU to win the uh, <laughs> West Coast Conference, yeah, d- yeah, don't do that. That's my advice. Caitlin Aldridge, BYU softball third baseman, with us on BYU Sports Nation. How do you when you're struggling at the plate? Mm-hmm. What do you do? 
What, what, how, how do you change things mentally? What, what happens there? Yeah, uh, there's a couple of things I do. Sometimes I try to change it up, you know, like surprise them with some short game or something like that, or just shorten my swing, just like hands to ball. Don't think about anything else besides that and just try to knock one through the infield. Don't worry about the big hits or anything like that. So that's what I do. A few games ago, the umpires took like 18 minutes to look up a rule. <laughs> did you know what they were looking up, and did you have the answer yourself, or were you like, yeah, I don't know either. Go ahead, guys. Take On top 18. of a sun delay. <laughs> 18, it was like a 30-minute delay or something, right? Yeah, it was kind of funny. It was like a 30-minute sun delay, and then like five minutes later, another 30-minute delay. But I had no idea what was going on. I don't think anybody really did, because it was actually the umpire's error. And so we were all kind of like, what do, what do we do? Like, we didn't do anything wrong. They didn't do anything wrong. But we kind of got the bad end of it. But oh do, well. do you hang out in the dugout, or is it like this is going to take a while? You go in, you turn on some Netflix, you just kind of <laughs> chill. You're on edge though, because you're like, we could start at any moment, right? Yeah. No, we all just kind of like sat in the dugout and just waited for the response. Um, I think if the score might have been a little different, we might have been having a little more fun in the in the delay. But we just were waiting. It was kind of awkward silence almost. <laughs> you have experienced several levels of fun during your BYU softball career. There was the stage of the goofy hats and blowing bubbles and all this. Where's that? That doesn't happen as much. But what do you do to stay loose? What What does this team do specifically to stay loose during the games? Oh man, during the games, I don't know. We can get pretty rowdy. We have some fun cheers and stuff like that. But I don't know. Our team's really goofy. Like we're cracking jokes left and right in the dugout, which is really fun and. Before the game, we play hacky sack. That's fun. Nice. So. What is this, 96? That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> okay, is it nice to have another team that's actually good in the league this year? Yeah, it is fun. I mean, we've had decent teams before, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it makes it more of a competition, which is, I mean, what more could you ask for? Competition all the time yes. is awesome. LMU is good. They're 11-1. and one. You're playing them next week, likely for the West Coast Conference mm-hmm. Championship. Obviously, you have a series this week. Is it, is it St. Mary's? Yeah. At- yeah, so at San Diego. Oh, San Diego. Sorry, Sorry, at San Diego. Yeah. Yeah, it was a test to see if you knew who you were playing, um, but you're so focused on this interview, you didn't know. That's fine. Um, what, yeah, what do these next two weeks in trying to get to the NCAA regionals mean for this team? Or is it three? Is it two? It's just two. It's, it's two, two weeks. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're really important. It's like a tradition here now to win conference and get to the tournament, and nobody wants to be the one that breaks it. So I think it's just focus time. Like, have fun, but focus. That's kind of... What we're doing, like, it means a lot. It's not just given to us, so we're ready to fight for it. Amen. Big week against San Diego, and then followed up by three games, all which will be on BYU TV. Yeah, baby. On May 11th and 12th. Caitlin Aldridge of BYU Softball is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Before you go, I want you to give us your best impression of your head coach, Gordon Eakin. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Um... <laughs> Just the deadpan right. stare. He's really, he's really the good stare at the was real for the radio audience. Yeah. Yeah. The Third st- base, he has a nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Underrated sense of humor. Like a, like, <laughs> is there like a mild snarl underneath there? <laughs> no, he's nice. <laughs> he really is. He's un- yeah, awesome. he's got a great sense of humor. Kaylin, uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the road trip to San Diego. Good luck. Thank At least you. one other Grand Slam. <laughs> don't put that on me. <laughs> the going, karma will help you. Don't worry. Just go and do you're your gonna, thing. You're going to get to the plate and you're like, man, I'm feeling the juice right now from yep. the karma. Let's go. And then it'll go off your bat, you'll flip it into the other <laughs> dugout, and then you'll uh, start a brawl. That'll be great. Well, good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, thanks.
Coming up, Cougars overseas are crushing it. We'll tell you in the whip. And more of your responses to our question of the day in Voice of the Nation. 5.4 wins for BYU football. Too high, too low, or just right? can't believe we're still asking this. We're going to a bowl game, people. This is BYU Sports Nation. 5.4 Grand Slams is not too high. <laughs> okay. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Steve Cleveland, former BYU basketball coach, and Caitlin Aldridge, reigning West Coast Conference Player of the Year in softball. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast, iTunes, or Google Play. Coming up this week, men's volleyball assistant coach Jalen Reyes from L.A. on semifinal Thursday. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Basketball. BYU scheduled San Diego State in a road and home series for 2018 and 19. The first game at San Diego State, December 22nd of this season. Cougars in the NFL. Hey, the Baltimore Ravens have claimed Kai Nakua off waivers. Took all of a day after the Browns waived him on Monday. Natural progression for that franchise, right, Jerem? Yep. Nakua played in all 16 games last season. He joins Bronson Kafusi and Robertson Daniel on the Ravens. Softball. Beat Utah Valley last night, 11-3. The Cougars have won five straight. All-American candidate Libby Sugg, 3-for-3 from the plate. She's now 6-for-6 this season against Utah Valley in two games. Baseball. Lost a cow in the bottom of the ninth on a walk-off single. The Cougars had six hits, one error. BYU starts a critical conference with St. Mary's on Thursday. Volleyball. BYU playing UCLA tomorrow because the Bruins beat Harvard in four sets last night. The Cougars host the Bruins at UCLA's Poly Pavilion tomorrow, 1030 Eastern on NCAA.com. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman, two for four, two runs as AAA Norfolk lost to the Durham Bulls. Cougars overseas. Former women's basketball player Kalani Purcell was a part of the winning New Zealand side that won the FIBA 3-on-3 gold medal. Nice. Also, Jen Hampson in Sweden won the SBBF championship by 20. She scored a team-high 23. She's all over the world. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who shall we dub? Gavin, Worthy? Gavin Baxter and Jaron Hall who okay. are back from their missions. Excited to have those guys back at BYU. We're at BYU for the first time. Our question of the day. Is 5.4 wins projected for BYU football too high, too low, or just right? Our elite voice of the day at Cosmo de Cougar breathes in and channels his inner Jerem Jordan. This stinks! Can we get some easier <laughs> scheduling in here? <laughs> too late. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter and Instagram. Join us on the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Netta Leahy. BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow. Nice choice.